Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before. And if you're interested in building a new pond or lake, give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And also brought to you by Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations are marine-grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. Also brought to you by... Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fish Report. I'm your host, Brian Sand. Hope you guys are having a great day. What a beautiful week we've had here in Alabama. Hope you guys have been able to get out or planning to get out and enjoy it because these days were blue sky and in the low 70s, cool mornings. It's going to be gone in another week or two and it's going to get hot on us. But uh, right now it is unbelievably pleasant outside. So I hope y'all are able to get out and do some fishing and enjoy it. But man, looking forward to the report this week and uh man let's get started with my buddy lee pitts what's going on lee all right man what's happening with you man i'm just wishing i was fishing instead of working right now I, I've, I've been <laughs> been working too much and fishing too little well i tell you what you got to get your priorities straight on that one right there now that's uh, that's a fact you got to get straight it's uh this last week, man, the the wind has been our factor. Some of the days we were wanting to be fishing, we couldn't even get out there because of the wind. Now, you're right about that. It was windy this week, several days. i tell you what, uh, some of the guys this morning, we went out, and I said, I'm just glad you don't have to tape your hat on or have a drawstring on it or something, because it's, uh, thank goodness, it wasn't quite as bad this morning, but uh, it still had a little bit of breeze to it, so maybe it's it's getting on gone. Yeah, I hope so, man. It, I think it's going to, we've had some good temperatures. I'm I'm sure that's looks like that's going to change next week. Man, it is, it's definitely been good temperatures to fish anyway this week. Oh, man, I'm telling you what, it's something. Uh, we had, you know, the water temperature dropped a little bit, so it's kind of, 
the crappie up here on on our lakes really don't know what to do right now. It's uh, one of those things we're still catching some fish shallow. You know, some of them are still spawning a little bit, and uh, I'm even catching some some fish out there in the deeper water that that haven't spawned yet. So maybe that's another wave that's coming in there on us. Man, I'd be yeah. I, that's, that's amazing how spread out they are. You know, we all think that they're going to just run in and spawn at one time, but they really do come in in waves over a course of, I don't know, three, four weeks, probably, huh? Yeah, and uh, this year it's been kind of spread out a little more. You know, we've had some some weather issues. It got summertime, so that kind of jumped everything ahead a little bit, and and all the fish started hitting the banks. Then all of a sudden we had three weeks of temperatures in the 30s, and it just slowed them down. The ones that wasn't ready backed out, and there's still another wave sitting out there ready to come in. So. Hopefully things will get right here for too long. Yeah, I hope so, man. So has it been a, has it been a little tough up there? It has, and man, it's well. We caught fish December, January, the first of February, just like we do every spring. We were catching good fish, and then all of a sudden, when they we're fixing to tee one up and hit it off the tee box, that weather rolled in, and we've had nonstop for the last month and a half, maybe two months of just you'll catch fish for three days, then the winds will shift, blow hard, turn the lake upside down, blow them out, and it'll be three days you won't catch any fish. But it's, it's, been, a, it's been a constant weather issue this whole spring. I mean, you got a lot of transition fish right now, right? You got some, like you said, yeah. in deeper water that haven't been on the bed. You got some that have been on bed and they're starting to move back out. It kind of just, fish are kind of scattered it sounds like right now at, at what point of the year will those fish gather back up and get out there on some of that deeper structure well see that's the thing on our coosa lakes and, and some of the lakes on further south it's a little different but uh weiss neely henry you know we, we're having some of these fish what they do when when they've done their spring fling i guess you would say uh they'll heal up on some of these docks and hang around for a little bit and try to feed up but but we don't even target them in that late May, June, July, August. We, we don't even fool with them. It's, it's like they'll bust out there and get in that open water. And I tell people, I say, it's like they hate each other. You know, they don't want to be around each other. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we don't even target them. There, there's some people that may have some uh, lights around their docks at night on the creek swings that may catch a few. But uh, we really don't kick back. After this mid-May on, on Weiss and Neely, I'll kick back in that late September, October for our fall season. Bad gums. Yeah, y'all just basically shut it down up there for summer. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, pretty pretty much. You know, it's just, and you can catch some, and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, you can still come up here and uh, and drop down some of the brush off the creek ledges, but it's a, it's a morning and late evening deal. Yeah, you know they just that midday they just don't want to do that. By like bass fishing, yeah, by like bass fishing. Well, and you know I I know that some of our some of our guys they talked about it, which I found it really fascinating and kind of <laughs> different for sure. But their fish they they kind of do the same thing. That their, their crappie will get out there and just the they'll just be in open water, not on any structure or, or anything, and and uh. Man, with these live scope, they just cruise around, and and they'll find one crappie at a time. 
and literally get you, in you and, know, and target one crappie and then go find one more. That That is amazing to me. How, and, and like I said, I, I've heard this before from several people, and they're talking about they'll get out there in just the middle of nothing. Just there's no structure, no uh, bottom contour change. There's no anything. And there's two crappie out there, and they're just swimming by themselves. And, hey, I'm going to catch that one on the left because it's the yeah, biggest one. That's right. I, I mean, that just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he, he, he said, man, he said, really, he said, that's the only way I do it anymore. He said, because I can just target individual crappie and they, and they usually bite better. And he said, man, I ain't been hung up in about two years because I don't ever fish tops anymore. Wow. I'm like, that's man, that crazy. Is, yeah. And you know, it could be like anything else with, uh, and you know, when you said that, it kind of brought something to my mind. You know, just like bass, okay, they're going to be in the shallows. Uh, this time of year, they'll start moving out to the offshore wood. Then they start moving out this, this, and that. What What if all of our lives, all of our crappie fishing we've done, are just the time of year they're on shallow wood structure and, and up tight? You That's know? right. I mean, what if we're missing a whole thing that, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm hard-headed. I know I get the mindset a lot of times not to look for new stuff but it may be time to start venturing out well i think you know you're like me I, i've always been like man you know crappie fishing let's do that in the fall and the winter or you know in the spring but yeah like this time of year shut it down and don't fish for them but then you know I, i've got some people like down in eufaula but their favorite time of year to crappie fish is in the middle of the dang summer that's their favorite time wow. of year uh, Man, that is and, and they absolutely murder them, but nobody else is fishing for them. But it's different. It's it's amazingly, you've seen this way more than me because you know a whole lot more about it than me and fish a lot of different lakes. But how different these these lakes can be? I mean, you've got you've got a lake like you follow with where these fish in the in the summer they get out there and literally just stack up on this on, on cover. And then you got Weiss and Neely Henry and Logan Martin, where they they just kind of go out there and roam around. Yeah, just don't really lock up on anything. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. I don't know. It's like I said, it's, it needs further investigation. Hey man, go out there. You you a live scope <laughs> guy? You got your you got the you know how to work these electronics as good as anybody. Go out there and find them. You know you can find them. Oh man! Yeah, well, finding them hadn't been the the hard part of it. It's getting them to open that mouth there lately. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 always the trick, right? Even if you can find them, is to get them to bite. That's it. You got to make them eat. That's yeah, yeah. Well, is there uh, I mean, any particular colors that you're kind of doing better with this time of year or than others? Well, l- let me tell you something. I. It, it, always, I like your darker, your black chartreuse, June bug chartreuse. But this, uh, I tell somebody today, this, this guy drives by the marine, he always says, what's the color of the day? And I tell him this morning, I said, Cajun cricket. Aye! <laughs> <laughs> and the whole crowd up there at the marina turned around like, what is going on out there? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that Bobby Garland Cajun cricket has been has been one of my best producers this week. That's awesome. Hey, did you? Uh, I know that 
last time we talked, I think it was a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, we was talking about that new uh, Bobby Garland Mayfly that came out. Uh, yes. Which I'm yes. sure that's passed now, but did that turn out to be a, a pretty good go-to? Well, I'm going to tell you something. This bait right here, and I, when you look at it, man, this is a good-looking bait. I mean, this this looks like you, you could you could scatter it across a plate of rice and you, you just fix to have a feast. But this mayfly is not only – I started playing with it a little bit trolling, doing my long line trolling, and was picking up fish with it, catching fish, and especially as I got back to uh, some of my shallower water. But this bait, this mayfly bait, for skipping docks, shooting docks, punching around docks is unbelievable. I bet it would be, man, because that's such a big, uh, I mean, when, that's a, they're, they're, ta- they're looking for those when they're, when they're around them docks. They hunt it. I mean, it, it, hey, match the hatch, man, because that's what they're looking for. That's what they're wanting to eat. And, and plus, too, it's uh, this time of year, they're trying to heal up a little bit. And they want a little bit beefier profile to it, you know. And this is something that's not an overpowering bait. Uh, it's still a, a really, really good finesse around docks, long line pulling. I mean, something like that. Even vertical over uh, laydowns and vertical over brush piles. But it's a bait that they really like and are really kind of reacting well to it that I've seen so far. So, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to this thing really, really being big. Heck yeah, man. Hey, I've asked a few other, uh, I've talked about this a little bit lately. I can't even remember. I may have talked to you about it. I can't, can't, can't recall, but you know, you, you see jigs and, and you, and I talked to some people that, um, man, they, they fish in a spinner on their jig all the time. And then other people never fish a spinner on their jig, which camp you in? I think really it's whatever you got the most confidence in. And, and also, um, you know, a lot of times putting a spinner and things on there, it, it's really uh, wind direction, how you setting up on something, and just and just whatever you can be the most productive with. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that makes a lot of sense there for sure. Well, man, if somebody was going to come up to Weiss or Neely Henry this weekend and you get out and enjoy some of this good weather we got before it gets too hot and hopefully – Hopefully the wind's not too bad this weekend. What what would your suggestion be to them? You know, we still got right now what like I said, the winds have finally died down and it's not quite as muddy. The silt's kind of settling down a little bit. Uh the backs of these creeks, main lake, you know, some of these things, uh and even uh, throwing a float with a minnow on it. You know, these some of these fish are not real tight to structure, they're kind of backed out, uh just holding in the open bays, so just get out, spend some time, do some search baits, and then throw some minnows on. Good stuff, man. Well, Lee, I always love having you on here, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, man, if somebody, thank you. Thank yeah, you. man, I always look forward to having you. And if somebody wants to book a trip with you, I know that, you, you know, like you said, you kind of shut down for the summertime, take a little break, uh, but it won't be long. You, you, you know, you, you'll be back on them and booking trips. And uh, what's the best way for them to contact you? The best way is just give me a phone call at 256-390-4145. And also you can look at my Facebook, just Lee Pitts Facebook. Good stuff. Lee, appreciate you, man. Y'all give Lee a shout, book a trip with him. Uh, I think you can tell listening to him on the show that he'd be a lot of fun in, in the boat and, uh, and you'd learn a lot at the same time. So 
be sure and reach out to Lee, get a pair of Weiss and Needle Henry, and uh, get out there and learn something about some crappie fishing and fill the cooler up and throw them in the pan. Man, that's what they're looking for. I sure do appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right, Lee. Take care. Holler at you soon, buddy. Sounds good. All right, see. You. All right, guys, let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by TexasHunter.com. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has produced the best engineered and finest quality feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. The Texas Hunter brand has become synonymous with quality and durability. By sticking to premier standards, the company delivers tough, long-lasting products that meet the real-life needs of anglers and hunters across America. Their fish feeders, deer feeders, hunting blinds, and outdoor accessories are among the highest rated in the industry. You can trust that your purchase from Texas Hunter Products will meet your needs for generations to come. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. Also by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt. Go fish. Get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great first segment. Always love having my man Lee Pitts on here. Y'all give him a call, book a crappie fishing trip with him. And uh, what a great dude, man. Always appreciate him sharing his knowledge. But man, I, I, let's talk about kayaks, man. We had not had a kayak guy on here in a while. Y'all know I love my kayak fishing. So let's let's uh, welcome to the show Brandon Watson. What's going on, my friend? Oh, not much, brother. Just hanging out. You know, uh, how are you uh, doing? I'm good, man. It's been a minute. I, I we, me and you gotta, we gotta hook up and go again. We definitely do. It's uh, it's actually been about a year since we uh, went for that first time. So we're due for it again. We're due for it, man. That's crazy how time flies. I did not realize it had been that long. That's uh, I, I gotta, I gotta do better, man. I hadn't been much lately. Well, you know, you got to get out there. I'd like to get out there more, but, you know. Yeah, I know, man. Life's busy. Well, hey, I know you've been up to Gunnerful some. Man, let's let's talk about what, you, what you've what been able to do in the kayak up there on, on Gunnerful. Well, uh, it's been really good lately. You know, we've been having these little cold snaps coming through, and, you know, that'll that can get them in a funk for a little while, but, you know, a day or two, and they're back to chewing again. Everything's pretty much uh, postponed now. Uh, the last I went up there, the last time I was up there was Saturday, and I did catch one fish off the bed, but that was the only fish I saw on bed all day. And uh, I think that's pretty well getting wrapped up. Fish are, you know, they're still fish, dirt shallow, garden fry, and, you know, you can catch them out. I've been catching them out to 10 foot of water lately. That's good, man. Yeah, I was thinking about you here a few weeks ago. I had a guy on. He was talking about, man, they were just killing them back up in the, sh- up in the shallow flats and in the grass mm-hmm. on Gunnersville and just catching some really good fish. And I was like, man, it'd be a great, great time of year to be up there in the kayak. And I knew you'd probably be in. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, you know, this is probably my favorite time of year for fishing in general, but especially kayak fishing because you know, you've got all the fish, they've come off the beds and they haven't quite moved out to their summer deep water haunts yet. So, you know, you can go out there and, you know, they're they're feeding real aggressively so you can go and catch them on power fishing techniques. And, you know, it's just real fun right now. 
Yeah, no doubt, man. What do you what what were you catching fish on this weekend? This past weekend? Well, this past, Saturday so Saturday we actually had a little cold front come through and the fish kinda got a little funky and uh the T V A was like pulled the bottom out of the lake on Saturday, so they those shallow fish got a little finicky. Um and I actually had to switch over and start throwing a wacky rig Cinco and uh that's pretty much, you know, if you talk to anybody that's fishing Gunnersville right now, you know, a wacky rig Cinco is just killing them just anywhere. Um, but, you know, when the, that pressure, when they start, when those fish start experiencing pressure, be it from anglers or water level fluctuating or pressure from weather changes, then, you know, you can put on a wacky rig Cinco and go to work. I hear you, man. Well, you- you know, with with the kayak, you know, we we Gunnersville, I mean, it's just an incredible fishery, and I mean, it's it's world known for bass angling. But with that comes a lot of pressure, right? I mean, there's tournaments all mm-hmm. the time. There's especially on the weekends. There's just tons of people fishing. Are you able to find water with that kayak that may not be so pressured? Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite spots on Gunnersville that I've and it, and it's like shining this time of year is uh it's just this little depression in a grass flat and you know you'll see all these bass boats coming by and they'll fish on that you know on the outer edge of this depression but it gets there's a really shallow like gravel bar that kind of like cuts it off from where all the bass boats go and like once you go over that little gravel bar it drops off into a little bit deeper hole and it just holds fish and big fish this time of year. And, you know, they'll be, they'll be, I mean, those bass boat guys, they'll be catching them out there on the edge, but not quite like I've got over there in that little hole. Uh, yeah. You can get to those spots that other people can't get to in that kayak. That's for sure. And that's, that's what's fun mm-hmm. about it, man. That's what I love about it too, is you can just kind of, you can find these little niche places and, and uh, find fish that aren't being pressured quite as much. Yeah, and then, and then too, you get a. I feel like you get a better than average quality fish too, because these fish seek out these areas to not be bothered, and uh, you know, and so they're allowed to accumulate in these areas and not see lures buzzing over their head all day every day, and so that makes them easier to catch. And then too, there's an abundance of quality fish in these areas that you know aren't getting aren't getting hammered day in and day out yeah no doubt well man as as the fish move how, how much longer do you think they'll that you'll be able to catch the fish in the i guess at gunnersville a lot of the fish stay shallow i mean they stay in that grass for a, a good part of the year or or is there time are we getting to that time when a lot of those fish are starting to move out so there are fish that will stay shallow year-round in any lake, but especially Gunnersville, because you have that grass, it oxygenates the water. It provides cover and shade. So as the water temperature heats up, it's still cool underneath these uh, these grass canopies and stuff. So these fish, you know, they stay there. The problem gets to be when the grass gets so thick that you can't effectively work the grass and present your lure to the fish that are living in that area. Um, and we're we're closing in on that. Um, you know, we got probably another month to a month and a half um, before it starts getting choked out in those yeah. areas. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think 
from what I could tell, these these cold fronts that we've had uh, here lately have kind of delayed the carp spawning, which has been a good thing because once those carp get spawning in that grass and tearing it up, you know, those bass, I still believe they're there, but they just get a little finicky and get a little bit harder to catch when those carp, because I don't know if you've ever seen them, but it, they'll just like, they'll be tearing the grass up and making the water muddy and it, it just looks like somebody's dropping bowling balls in the water from airplanes and and so you know it's a lot of commotion going on and i think those those bass kind of you know it definitely affects them hey um, that's so, where we need to get on our kayaks and go up there with our uh with a with a bow and arrow and uh and <clears throat> do some some bow fishing absolutely but if you're going to do it just take them with you don't leave them on the ramp just don't leave them on the ramp yeah <laughs> yeah just take them out hey some big yeah. ones up there that'd be fun well i know that another thing that you look forward to this time of year is uh you know we're talking about the kayak fishing how versatile it is i mean this is the time of year when you start going out to the to the gulf right yes sir yes sir and i still got a trip. i have not tried that yet uh i think next time i go i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can take my kayak along but man it just sounds it's almost, it's a little intimidating to start with because, I mean, you out there in a the kayak fishing for some, I mean, you've caught some big fish out there. I have, you know, you, it's not uncommon, uh, uh, uncommon to catch king mackerel as big as your leg. <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's probably the most common uh, catch that I have going out and I specifically target them, but you know, it's the wild blue yonder. You'll never, you never know what you might uh, tie up with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, I I don't know if you saw it, but um, I saw an article the other day where these these guys they go out in their kayak off the shore, they take the the bait out in the kayak, and then they come back to shore and they got their you know their their they're doing nighttime guided shark trips, and uh, I they, have seen I have seen that, and they called a it was the first ever reported anyway great white shark that had been caught off the uh off the shoreline it uh it was that was in orange beach yeah it was in and, orange uh, beach. and, and yep. so so that was the first one there was some guys that had caught one a couple of years ago off the beach in panama city and then an, I, b- I believe another one this year was caught in pensacola but that was the first one in alabama that had been caught off the beach man that's so cool that'd be a fun is, that'd be fun very and that would be fun. So I've I've actually tried that before, and I I was taking the baits out in the kayak, and the sharks were like picking them up before I could get back to the shore to get to the rod. Wow! I had a I had a buddy on the on waiting on the beach for me, and he said, you know, after I would drop the bait, I would take two baits out at a time, and when I would drop one and be paddling over to drop the other, he said the other bait was already like taken off. Jeez, how far out yeah. would you take them? Probably. A couple hundred yards is all. I, I don't. I don't have the big giant reels like those the the shark guides have. So you know, yeah. I, try, I try to keep it in a little bit closer so that I can, you know, if I do hook up with something, I can manage it. Yeah, I was wondering how far. I mean, they got they got the setups for it and the big giant reels with lots of lots of line on it for sure. But I, I was wondering how far they take those things out. I, yeah, I, when they, from my understanding when they take the baits out and they're fishing for those like 10 plus foot sharks, 
they take them out. They take those baits out about 400 yards. Dang, that's pretty good ways. That's a lot of line. It is. It is. Good gracious. Well, man, I, I know that, you know, that you'll be going down there a good bit and, and, uh, catching the Kings and, uh, man, you snapper and man, all kind of stuff. So that's a, that's a fun thing to try and something I need to try for sure. You definitely, you definitely need to try it. That's actually what got me hooked on kayak fishing. That was the first, first time I had ever gone kayak fishing. I went out in the Gulf and caught a 25 pound kink mackerel and, and I was needless to say hooked. And, uh, and you definitely, you definitely need to try it. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, an adrenaline rush and, you know, an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're in a little kayak. Yeah. You're just watching them waves, man. Hope a big, hope a storm don't blow, <laughs> but you can see it. Well, you know, you can get it. You, know, you don't go out there when it's rough. If, well, I was going to say, if anybody is uh, thinking about giving it a go, I would definitely uh, watch the weather closely. You got to watch the weather uh, and, and you know, the surf reports and make sure uh, that the waves aren't going to get too too big. Good deal, man. Well, Brandon, I appreciate you calling in, buddy. It's always good to, to get yes, a good sir. kayak report. And, uh, man, stay after it, and we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Stay safe out there. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, guys, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by National Land Realty. Hey, guys, this is Brian Sin, and not only am I the host of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, but I am also a land agent for National Land Realty. Hey, you guys already trust me with bringing you the fishing report from around the state of Alabama, but if you have any needs with wanting to sell property or looking for property to purchase, hey, give me a shout. I would love to help you. My number is 601-383-2344. Also brought to you by... Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. Also brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. Book your next guided hunting or fishing trip with thoroughly vetted guides or charters. Built by sportsmen, for sportsmen's mallardbay.com hello listeners this is the show producer johnny gwynn and brian had a last minute cancellation for his third guest this week and he asked me to find a special section to round out this week's freshwater report enjoy all right we got another special segment this week on the uh, great days outdoors podcast network but you know i really enjoyed that segment we did with brie andrasi on fishing jet skis it's uh oh yeah it was one of those things where I, I you know, kind of looking into it, I was like, seems cool, but I don't know. Like, is that, is that really something I need yeah. to do? Why wouldn't I just get a boat? She made a really strong case for why you'd want to think about, you know, stepping up to a jet ski from a kayak maybe, or stepping down to a jet ski from a boat uh, and who it's really right for. Many reasons. I think I want one now. You need to buy me one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what we can do, man. <laughs> we'll be well, talking to the right people today for that. You know, if, if we are thinking about buying one, uh, well, then, then you start getting into the technical side of this. Cause there's different, there's different models. Yeah. What do you even different need? specifications? Yeah. I mean, like, why do they even make different models? What are we getting? What are we, what are we giving? Well, Bree does a, Bree does a ton of sail fishing over there. So she, she had to have that live well, and we don't, well, we don't have very much sailfish stuff over here within 15 right. miles. So yeah. And we, then you gotta it think may too, not be a priority for me. 
I mean, most of, uh, you know, most people are freshwater anglers too. Like there's probably oh, a yeah. whole nother set of requirements for those guys. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is really how to choose a fishing jet ski that's, that's right for you uh, to do that. We're talking with Mark Thompson from Pensacola Motorsports. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Uh, first off, tell us a little bit about Pensacola Motorsports. Hey guys, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Um, Pensacola Motorsports, I've been here since uh, 1998. The Pensacola Motorsports has been here since 1968, and we are in the power sports business. We sell everything fun. We sell motorcycles, ATVs, all brands of watercraft, so that's pretty much got something for everybody's, uh, you know, fun. So, Well, you know, Bree uh, really did a great job of explaining who jet, jet, fishing jet skis were right for. Have you guys started to see them taking off? I mean, are you, do you guys sell a lot of them? Oh, yes, sir. Um, you know, in the first year that came out, um, we saw them at the dealer meeting and, you know, we had a lot of a good buzz about it. And we were thinking, you know, for, you know, our surrounding areas, um, some of the Gulf waters get choppy at times. We were wondering if that was something that would even take off here. But I think the initial year, we ordered 20 of them, ran out of them in the first two months. So the wow. buzz was definitely there. Yes, it was crazy. Then, you know, um, the second year they came out with another model. And uh, and then a smaller model for some of the areas around here that ponds and rivers and lakes and stuff like that. Now we're selling anywhere from thirty to forty fishing designed watercraft on a yearly basis. So, wow, that's really cool, man. It's uh, I've seen a few of them out on the water myself, and and I thought, you know, I could definitely see the value of them. Of course, uh, you mentioned that there's several different models and. Are they specific to a type of fishing or a type of water? You know, you've got a, you know, a smaller and a larger version. Like, you know, is one of them geared more towards saltwater or freshwater? Well, I don't, I don't think there's going to be one geared more for uh, the salt or fresh due to the fact that um, in the sea watercraft, which are the ones that have the fishing models, they use a closed loop cooling system. So um, the, the engines are cooled by an antifreeze, just like your automobile. So the water that you run in um, doesn't have any effect on the engine itself. So, um, salt water or fresh water. We all know fresh water sometimes isn't fresh. Um, you don't have to worry about anything corroding inside of your engine. Um, years ago, that wasn't the case, but now that is. So um, you know, we're not having to uh, see an issue with that itself. But when they've come out with like the three different uh, models of fishing um, personal watercraft, they've kind of um, targeted a couple different, I guess, demographics of people. Um, when it came to like our Gulf sh- or out in the Gulf fishing or some uh, larger fish, they have the Fish Pro Trophy, which is their their flagship, and it's you know it's got the GPS, it's got the Fish Finder, it's got Live Well, it's just got a lot of more amenities if you're going to do some um, longer days or farther trips. Um, and then they're like I said, they got the smaller one that are going to be shorter days, something um, around you know a river or lake. Um, that you don't have a lot of rough water, so you don't have to worry about, you know, because the holes are designed a little different. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. You know, smaller versus larger, you know, is that necessarily an inshore versus offshore kind of thing? Or is that, like you said, it's it's more about the length of the day and how much gear you want to bring? I mean, what's the main reason that makes you say step up to the larger of the two models? Okay. Well, you know, the larger model of the two, it gives you a little bit longer um, length. It's about uh, you know, 146 inches, where the smaller one's giving you 
um, about 20 inches shorter. So hmm. the longer um, ski will uh, allow you to fish in different cup, different types of way. You actually have some room on there to stand up and fish rather than just sit down. But I will tell you, all the fishing models, their seats are designed the more flat, where some of the watercraft seats have humps on them. The reason they're flat, it gives the fishermen um, a more comfortable place to sit. And then on the sides of the hull, they've actually got these guards that go along the side um, that are angled for your feet. So it gives you something to kind of give you some um, support on. If you do hook a big one or whatever, it kind of helps it from trying to pull you around the boat. So that's about it on those. What about fuel capacity, Mark? You know, I would assume that a little bit bigger, you know, the bigger one has a little bit more fuel capacity. What do these things have as far as, uh, uh, you know, range? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. The Fish Pro, the two big ones, um, and they make, and we'll go over what the difference between those are, but they have an 18 and a half gallon fuel cell. And then the smaller one has a 15.9. But I can tell you um, on the, the feedback we've got from customers, both of them, because of the weight difference, it's only about three gallons worth of gas, but at 40 miles an hour, and some of these will go 55 or 60, but at 40 miles an hour, they're getting 70 mile ranges on a full tank of gas. Wow. So that's a long time. I mean, that's you can ride way. all day. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that um, puts all your state reef system, you know, if you're an offshore oh, yeah. guy, it's all within, well within range. range. And I mean, you know, you get these days, Butch, where it's just slick, calm. And oh, yeah. You could get out there and scoot. 40 miles, you could be out there in half an hour, back in half an hour catch a couple of fish, come back in. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd, sounds, it'd be a new challenge. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were talking about some of those features, Mark, you know, um, the seating arrangement, for example, that's going to be key. I'm sure because as you're fishing, oh, yeah. you're going to be spinning around. You're going to be casting, you're going to be fighting fish. What other fishing specific features, uh, you know, you mentioned y'all are now selling like 40 actual fishing jet skis, you know, oh, yeah. a year. What are the specifics? What are these specific features that are available like for fishing? And then how does that change as you go across the different models? Well, they all come standard with the um, Garmin with GPS and fish finder. The small one comes with a six inch screen and the two larger ones come with seven inch. Um, they all have trolling modes, which is super cool. These are um, their settings from one to eight miles per hour based on your needs and where you're fishing. So you can actually control that and they're on a timer. So every 30 seconds or every 60 seconds, it will move, you know, desired speed that you've already set it. Um, they all come with three to five rod holders. depends on uh, which model you get. You get a 13 and a half gallon cooler on the models as well. And then on the trophy, which is the flagship, that cooler also doubles as a live well or a freshwater uh, rinse off. So if you're like cutting your bait up or you have some blood on there from a fish, then you can wash it right off. You know, and that's that's featured through an in-hole pump that quick connects the hose system, an aerator that can be set to run continuously or cycle on and off to save the power while you're you know you're dealing with your bait. What about storage, Mark? One of the things that Bree was talking about with hers is it was just a huge, uh, right. you know, a huge capacity up there in the front. I mean, she keeps a, a, a six-passenger uh, life raft up there in hers. Uh, so, what are the different kind of storage levels and, and does it change per, per, per model? Yes, yes, sir. No. Well, yeah, it does. The two, um, all three of them have the same rear storage and that's going to be considered in a rear cooler. The front storage on the entry level one, which is going to be your scout, that's going to give you 25 us gallons of storage, which it's the way it's designed. It's a smaller hole, but it opens up in the nose of it where the two other ones, 
are awesome. They put that on a range of all their um, other skis, the bigger skis. You have almost 40 gallons of storage, but it opens up from where you're sitting. It opens up um, frontwards. So you have all the storage, which is easy to access. And we have guys in there that put four life vests in there as well as a um, cooler bag. So it's uh, it's got a lot of room in there. I like the idea of, you know, Spartan, you know, kind of fishing minimalistic. I like that idea, but I just always bring a bunch of crap with me. It doesn't matter. Same. It's, it's inevitable, man. You're going to have a bunch of rods. <laughs> you know, you're going to have a bag. Uh, you're going to have a bat. You're going to have pliers. You're going to have right. extra lures, oh, yeah. hooks. It's just, it's, it's inevitable. You're going to fill up right. that space. There's and, no doubt about it. Right. And in, in the sea they have a, um, a technology, I guess, uh, that they've come up. It's called the link system that they come up with so many different accessories for all their jet skis, but specifically for the fishing ones, they have extra um, gallons, extra gas that you can mount on there. Oh, their okay, storage cool. bags. So, and they also have one this year that actually connects to the cooler that separates, say you wanted to put your bait and stuff in the bottom portion. Well, in the top portion, it's about three and a half inches wide that attaches to the top of the cooler, and then you put the lid back on it. That's going to be more for your dryer, maybe your your lunch or something. That way, you don't want it mixed in with your bait down the bottom portion. So that is a that's one of the newer features that come in. It's also really cool for me to hear like what Bree was telling us about how the models have changed. Like Cedu is very much listening to feedback yeah, from anglers intuitive. yeah you know have you seen the same thing you know on y'all's end do y'all give are y'all able to give you know dealer feedback and kind of help yeah. in the evolution of these fishing jet skis oh yeah and like i said um that swivel seat was a, was a cool feature that we brought up to them um you know when we go to the dealer meetings they give us this little question and answers where we like to see on jet skis color packages maybe some other amenities um and then they've, they've listened every year they've come out with something um better um bigger and that's what they've done this year with the fuel caddy they had an extra fuel caddy now they doubled that um i don't know how much gas you really need where you're going to go out there fishing because 70 miles has still been plenty enough for any of my customers but right for some of them guys that want to go out there um a lot of our customers um where i'm at is they will go out overnight, um, not spend a night on the water, but there's islands out there yeah, um, that we yeah, have make true. a tent. Yeah, and they want to get up early in the morning and go fish. Then the cool thing about the jet ski um, fishing over some other boats is, um, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later, is the ease and the, um, the shallow water that you can go in, um, where a lot of the boats that have props, you have to have, you know, have to be a pet. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, what kind of draft does a jet ski get? I mean, you kind of have an idea for a right. boat, you know, but that's something that we deal with a lot. A uh, whole shot yeah. is something we're constantly thinking about. It's, you know, uh, lots of shallows around. Um, what kind of what kind of draft are these things getting? You know, any idea on like what the whole shot would be? Well, 16 to 18 inches of draft, um, and that's um, pretty uh, standard across the board. Um, you know, obviously most of the, the skis around here at um, wide open throttle, you know, you're going to um, draft a little less, but at an idle or a standstill where um, I try to tell people, because a lot of places around here where you're going to um, fish, you're going to be at a trolling speed. So you want to keep, I tr- rule of thumb, try to stay in two foot of water. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing about the jet skis. If you give it full throttle, it can suck up to three foot. So whatever's on the bottom mm-hmm. that wow. you're in, it can come up through the jet pump and that could cause some issues. But, you know, um, they have a feature on that thing. It's a lot of times seaweed or ice bags or, you know, some debris. They've come out with a, 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 an intelligent debris-free system 
that will allow you to cut the ski off and hit the button and it reverses everything and shoots it back out under the ski. So you don't have to get off the ski and try to drag it out uh, by hand. Yeah. That's a big deal. So that's a, that's uh, a big cool safety feature, feature yeah. there. Yeah. Well, a big safety yeah. feature. And I mean, you're just going to suck some stuff up out there. I would think so. You never know when you're going to run across something. You never know when you're going to go be going through a bunch of sargasm or inshore. It's right. going to be maybe hydrilla for There's guys. No telling. Are, you know, it's yeah. just all kind of stuff and just being able to, pop it back out and keep on going is, is huge. huge uh, save you a ton of time and, and a lot of frustration, you know, talking about power, you mentioned these things running, you know, 40 and, and maybe up to 55. Do, do they come with different power plants? Yes, sir. Um, the smaller one, the scout, it's a, uh, it comes with 130 horsepower. Um, and that, that runs in the mid forties, close to 50, depends on the, the, the chop of the water. And then the big one, uh, they have 170 horsepower. And that one's going to go in the mid fifties to a higher fifties. And I always ask them, you know, they make that same 170 power plant that's supercharged that has up to 300. They have a 230 and a 300 horsepower. And I ask them every time we go there, they're thinking about doing that maybe for the fishing um, line. But you know, from from what they tell us, no, they're not. And I think that probably has to do with uh, fuel consumption. They want you to be out there as long, yeah, be out there as long as you can. Because here's the negative on on the supercharged models. At wide open throttle, you burn about twenty percent more fuel. Yeah. So, well, and know. shoot, man, fifty five's fast. Well, as fast yeah. as you need oh, to go. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I just think about it. I mean, these things are about what twelve, thirteen feet long, if I heard you right yeah, earlier. Sure. So, I mean, you're you're strapping one hundred and thirty horsepower, one hundred and seventy horsepower onto a thirteen ship. foot craft. Yeah, that, that right. sucker's gonna haul. But it's moving. Uh, it's moving. so, uh, yeah, I mean. With that, and, and just thinking about going fast, and you mentioned you you mentioned the ability to be able to get get any trash or anything you suck up out. Are there any other safety features that that are specific uh, to these fishing jet skis? I mean, it's a it's a little yeah. different environment when you're fishing versus just going to the sandbar or playing around. Well, the 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 thing about these the safety features they've actually um, they have them on all their all their machines, so they all have the same. And a couple of them that they need to be highlighted is a watercraft. They have reverse, and they also have a brake on them, which is super nice. Um, years ago, if you've ever had jet skis, you never had brakes. People are like, "What well, brake on a jet ski?" Well, how that works is um, if you're under power and you'll pull the reverse lever or the left lever, then it will flip the clamshell down halfway and it has some slits in it. What it does is it allows water to pass through as it slows you down. You can actually slow down without a nosedive at 50 miles an hour. You can pull it all the way in without a nosedive, which is pretty neat, and it slows you down um, pretty good. If you're at a standstill or an idle, then that actuates the reverse. Now, you know, you can you can use both of those functions to get away from a dock, to get away from maybe shallow water. So, you know, those are going to be used in those areas. Um, you can also limit the, the speed. So if you, like, besides the trolling mode, um, if you're out there and fishing and you want to, you know, go at a constant speed, maybe you're running out of gas or, or what have you, you can set that at on eco mode. And it will only go 30 miles per hour, and you get the most fuel efficiency at that particular speed. So you don't have to worry about that. Out of gas at the end of the day or what have you. Yeah, that's pretty important. Gas is important. Yeah, right. Um, and you have your, your engine cutoff lanyard that you attach to your life vest or to your wrist. If something happened and you fell overboard, it will cut the engine off if it's running. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. And then um, you have a rear boarding step. That's key. A lot of these particular machines now, especially the fish um, series that have the big coolers on the back to try to get on and off one, 
is a challenge um, to get back on because there's no area to uh, to pull yourself up because you have that big cooler. Well, with the reboarding step, you can step on that, grab the handle above the cooler, and you can get on from side to side. Both of these models of skis, um, two adults can be on the ski, switch places, and not have to balance yourself. So they're very stable when it comes. Some of the older ones were tough. You flipped it over, it was hard to get back on. You flip these over, you're in pretty choppy conditions. If conditions to be honest with you yeah that's a great point uh one of the things that we talked to brie at at pretty pretty good length was the the ease of these things the ease of storage the ease of towing the ease of maneuverability what do these things weigh and you talk about flipping one over that's a that's a whole nother ball game there but what do these things weigh as far as getting them into the water well to put them in the water i mean some of them weigh between you mean the weight of the machine itself or the capacity? Correct, like hold? towing. You know, could a, my Honda Civic tow it or, you know, Joe's? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, no, you're fine. Here's the thing. These things, you know, anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 pounds. But keep in mind, this is what I tell a lot of customers around here. You can pull them up pretty much anything you want. It's rolling weight. It's not dragging weight. But the issue is, is you have to kind of pick your poison with the launches because some of the launches are steeper sure. than others. If you're going to pick a steeper launch, obviously you're going to need something that's going to have either all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. And then we have a couple areas here that you have to keep up with tide. When you have low tide, we have some shelly bottoms on some of them. And then at Pensacola Beach, it gets really shallow. So you have to kind of, you know, pick your poison there. Because if you have a regular car, you're going to be backing down farther in the water. Do that. But no, the power of your vehicle will pull any of these. Not a problem. Well, Mark, uh, I think that kind of wraps up just about everything I can think of. You know, I, it sounds like if you are an offshore angler, you're going to want to step up to the larger model, an inshore angler or a freshwater angler. You probably are going to be okay with the smaller model, depending on how many people you're planning to take and Maybe how, not. I think how geared up you <laughs> are. That swivel seat uh, will be cool for bass fishing. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think the only way you're really going to Truly, no. Uh, you got to look at the specs, but is to go test drive them and go look at them. Online. I mean, I, absolutely. I've I've been able to put my hands on on these things, uh, some different expos and stuff, and they're they're stout. I mean, it's not like this is not your typical jet ski. I mean, these things are they're built, you know. Um, but if, if folks want to do that, if they want to test drive, let's say the various models, or or just kind of get a feel for which one fits them best, is there is there a good way to do that? I mean, like, I know they can come yeah. by the dealership and look at them on the, you know, on the lot, but I mean, is there a good way to do that? It's a, it is tough. That is the tough, tough question that we get asked on a daily here because we don't have um, immediate access to the water from where our dealership is. But what we've done in the past on a couple of them, I have a couple of customers, well, a few customers that are total ambassadors of these jet skis, especially the fishing divisions fishing segment and they have always gave out their um, time if somebody wanted to go ride theirs or get some information about them. So a lot of times we've referred them to that. Or if there is a customer that's really hot on one and they're ready to pull the trigger, um, I can make arrangements to where we can meet them in the water, let them buzz around on it for that route. But because we're not on the water, it's tough for us, but some dealers that are probably have, you know, um, immediate access to do stuff like that. Yeah, if if they want to do that, I know y'all can can get them hooked up, and uh, if they yeah. want to get by the they want to get by the dealership there and and just take a look at them, put their hands on them. Tell everybody where you guys are located and and how they can get in touch with you. Sir, we are Pensacola Motorsports. We're located six eighteen North New Warrington Road. We're three and a half miles north of the Navy base in Pensacola, Florida. We are open Tuesday through Saturday, um, eight thirty to five thirty. 
close Sunday and Monday. We're off fishing on Sunday and Monday, so that's what we take <laughs> off. So that's how you can reach us. All right, Mark. Well, thanks so much for answering our questions, man. Butch, uh, what do you think, man? I can see myself on one of these things over a snapper spot. I just feel like this is... I feel like it's calling your name? It's calling my name. <laughs> I think it'd be really fun. I think it'd be a lot I, of fun. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. Maybe we need to go down to uh, South Florida and play on Breeze first, and then we can pick pick, pick which one we want. Go catch a sailfish. I, lo- I love Man, the trolling. That would be insane. I mean, how much fun would it be to just be able to go out, do a little trolling, you know, hit a... Come hit in, a, hit the hit sandbar. Rig, hit a reef, come in, hit the sandbar, you know, and then yeah. put, it in, put it in your garage at the end of the day. Yeah, I definitely see the appeal, man. I'm uh I'm very intrigued indeed. Yeah, you need you need one on the river. It'd be a lot of fun. You could do you could go a lot of places. I mean, you could be yeah, I mean, you could be I I just like that. Really I like quickly. the aspect of you and I talk about a lot of times how, you know, it's like it can be tough to find somebody to go when the yep. like today is just absolutely gorgeous outside and I was sitting there pumping out fishing this morning actually and saw four cobia come by on the on the bar and i was just thinking, really? man need to be out there need to be out there you know and uh a lot of times that's tough to do with this if it's just me and i've got the ability to go and i can't round up a crew and i you know, gotta launch the boat gotta get the tower up gotta, oh, that's a lot for one person man gotta i mean you know and i'm a heck of a i'm a heck of a fisherman you know right yeah but, still a lot uh, of work still a lot <laughs> for sure <laughs> no, i mean yeah, no just... i mean but but really and truly i mean being able to get out there by yourself is cool um and if you had a couple of them you know, being able to kind of go your own way with somebody and having a buddy out there, that'd be a lot of fun. I agree. I'm definitely intrigued. This segment was brought to you by Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16 millimeter filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18 millimeter image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. Also brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. 
All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, get out there, do some fishing this weekend, guys. And, uh, man, think about getting one of them kayaks. If you haven't, if it's something you're interested in, uh, reach out to me, reach out to Brandon. I'm sure that uh, we'll, we'll be able to give you, share at least a little of the information that we have. But, uh, man, it is a lot of fun uh, for sure. So that's going to be a wrap for this week's show, guys. If you're enjoying it, man, please take a minute, subscribe, rate, leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, we'll do it each and every week. All you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. We'll email it to you each and every week. You won't even have to look for it. All right, guys, y'all enjoy the weekend that we've got coming up in this beautiful weather in Alabama. And we'll look forward to talking to you again next time. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by LM Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. LM Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. LM Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King built in the pursuit of perfection. And by Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator, bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. And brought to you by the Alabama Marine Resources Division reminds all recreational anglers possessing gray trigger fish, greater amberjack, or red snapper that they must report these fish through snapper check before they are landed in Alabama. For more information about snapper check, please visit outdoorsalabama.com. And by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And this episode is brought to you by AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements. Visit AFCO.com for on the water performance gear.